The scripture for the morning is found in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. And it reads as follows. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Those who were born not of blood, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He will come after me, ranks before me, because he was before me. Far from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he was made, has made him known. La lectura de hoy viene del libro de Juan, capítulo 1, versículos 1 al 18. En el principio ya existía el verbo, y el verbo estaba con Dios, y el verbo era Dios. Él estaba con Dios en el principio. Por medio de Él todas las cosas fueron creadas. Sin Él nada de lo creado llegó a existir. En Él estaba la vida, y la vida era la luz de la humanidad. Esta luz resplandece en las tinieblas, y las tinieblas no han podido extinguirla. Vino un hombre llamado Juan. Dios lo envió como testigo para dar testimonio de la luz, a fin de que por medio de él todos creyeran. Juan no era la luz, sino que vino para dar testimonio de la luz. Esa luz verdadera, la que alumbra a todo ser humano, venía a este mundo. El que era la luz ya estaba en el mundo, y el mundo fue creado por medio de él, pero el mundo no lo recibió. Vino a lo que era suyo, pero los suyos no lo recibieron. Mas a cuantos lo recibieron, a los que creen en su nombre les dio el derecho de ser hijos de Dios. Estos no nacen de la sangre, ni por deseos naturales, ni por la voluntad humana, sino que nacen de Dios. 
y el verbo se hizo hombre y habitó entre nosotros. Y hemos contemplado su gloria, la gloria que corresponde al Hijo unigénito del Padre, lleno de gracia y de verdad. Juan dio testimonio de él, y a voz en cuello proclamó, «Este es aquel de quien yo decía, el que viene después de mí es superior a mí, porque existía antes que yo». De su plenitud todos hemos recibido gracia sobre gracia, pues la ley fue dada por medio de Moisés, mientras que la gracia y la verdad nos han llegado por medio de Jesucristo. A Dios nadie lo ha visto nunca, el Hijo Unigénito, que es Dios y que vive en unión íntima con el Padre, nos lo ha dado a conocer. Thank you. Dale and Daniel, we are continuing, as we started last week, to look at this one section of the New Testament, the Gospel of John, the first chapter, just 18 verses, four weeks. We're going to focus on different parts of it. Today, we're going to be focusing on verses 4 through 10. And before we do that, let's pray. Let's pray together. God, we need your light. Because we know our minds can be dark, our hearts can be dark. And so we need to shine the light of your Spirit to help us to see, to know, to hear, to understand. To get what you want us to get today about your Son, about ourselves. Please help us. We need your help. We don't take that for granted. And we pray that you would impact our lives, the way we think, the way we live the way we love both you and others. So please be here. We look forward to what you're going to do in the next few minutes. In Christ's name, amen. This last week in our home, we had the pleasure of putting up some Christmas lights. Uh, A big occasion, a few new pieces, a few old ones, decorating the tree, plugging in the lights for the first time, the disappointment of them not blinking like they're supposed to, you know, every year, every year, finding the right ways to hang them up. It's a joy, it's a pleasure, it's nostalgic, it's symbolic, it's meaningful, because Christmas has always been about lights. Everywhere you go, you see lights. And it's not just because Target wants to draw you in, or Walmart, or different places. It's not just a commercial thing. Christmas is about light. But where does that come from? That symbol, that use of this light and darkness symbolism, well, it comes from the Bible. It comes from passages like the one we're looking at today. The symbol of light, spiritual light, of darkness. And in fact, that light and darkness is a key, as John gives it to us, a key to understanding the meaning of Christmas. Really? Really? A key to understanding the meaning of Christmas. How? Well, let's take a look. It tells us that, first of all, Christmas means that we live in darkness, dear friends. Christmas tells us that we live in a place of darkness. And maybe you haven't thought about it this way, but the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus Christ, really is far from being a flattering report on the human condition. 
After all, if you think about it, Christmas happened, the coming of God himself in a human being through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Christmas happened because God had to find a way to heal the wounds of our world. Christmas happened, in other words, because our world is badly wounded. Christmas happened because God, that is the eternal, infinite God, we talked about this last week in this passage, had to find a way to become a human being. That he might serve as our stand-in, our substitute in the heavenly courtroom before justice. As C.S. Lewis, the great English thinker, wrote in his book, Mere Christianity, the eternal being who knows everything and who created the whole universe became not only a man, but before that, a baby. And before that, a fetus inside a woman's body. If you want to get the hang of it, think how you would like to become a slug or a crab. Or maybe in our context, a city pigeon, right? Because you've got to go really low, right? <laughs> Christmas happened because God had to find a way to die in our place for our punishment, which is a problem because God can't die. Christmas happened because God had to find a way to do all of this out of love without compromising His holiness and His commitment to justice. In other words, Christmas happened, friends, because this is how bad things were. The only way that God could rescue us and our broken world was through the mind-boggling mystery of God becoming human flesh to live in order that one day He might die for us. That's how bad things are. And this is what John describes in this language. That the world is a terribly dark Place full of brokenness and sorrow. We see this in verse 5. When he talks about the light, he says the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I mean, you think about it, it's such a helpful, vivid way to describe what's wrong with the world. You know, not to just simply say that things are bad or that things are messed up or that life is hard. No, it's, it's dark. And God's given us a little analogy in this overcast day to help us out just a little bit. Or maybe you go home later tonight and as you experience darkness as we do every single day of our lives in literal darkness, to grab a hold of that metaphor and to ponder what really might be described as darkness in this crazy world that we live in. The darkness of a broken world. We live in a war-torn world. A world full of conflict and of disease and of hurricanes and of hunger and of death. We live in a neighborhood of brokenness, of jarring and increasing economic disparities, where racial tensions abound, 
where neighbors coexist but don't always know, let alone love one another. We experience real darkness. You do, I do, in everyday life. You know, that punched in the gut feeling from being told that you've been laid off. The frustration of infertility. The haunting feeling of loneliness. Wondering where your friends are or if you'll ever have one. The self-loathing feelings of hating your body. Of not looking like what you want to look like and not looking the image you see in the mirror. Maybe especially this time of year. Or the stress of being broke. And looking around and it feeling like everyone else seems to have more than you do. Or the darkness of depression, where you might actually be getting all A's in life, but quietly, inwardly, you feel like a big fat F. Or the quiet disappointment that, hey, this isn't what I thought my life would be like at this stage of life. Or maybe it's the darkness of dysfunctional or disintegrating family relationships. Maybe which is why you hate holiday family gatherings. We live in a broken and dark world, but we also carry around with us broken and dark hearts. Full of sin and selfishness. This addiction to me, myself, my interests, my needs, my priorities, everything being inwardly directed, which the Bible calls the essence of sin, that plagues and afflicts us all, the darkness of our souls. This past week had some time with a few brothers, a few men in our community, and as we were eating and chatting, we were talking about the upcoming festivities of Inauguration Day, and I was telling them how I discovered this oddity in the calendar that somehow Inauguration Day this year would land on a Sunday, to which they quickly corrected me and said, no, no, actually Inauguration Day is on a Monday. And I said, no, I'm pretty sure I Googled it. I looked it up. It's on a Sunday this year. It's a strange thing. It's an anomaly. It doesn't ever happen this way, but it's on Sunday. And they said, no, it's on Monday. And so, of course, a guy picks up his smartphone. Don't you hate this, right? You can't ever win an argument in ignorance. And they looked it up and, look, I was wrong. They said, no, actually, here. And they even gave me a nice explanation. I think it came from the government, right? You know, that this year, Inauguration Day is going to be held on Monday, and et cetera. And I said, and I actually said, well, I, I guess, I, I think, I guess technically Inauguration Day this year is on the 20th on Sunday, but they must have moved it in order to make it more practical on Monday. And one of the guys just called me on that. And uh, he said, uh, you still got to be right, don't you, huh? <laughs> and I could have said in that moment, if I got over my embarrassment in that split second, I could have said, yeah, yeah, no, I've written the book on how to be right and still, I mean, how to be wrong and still look right. You know, I live that. It's a small thing, maybe, but I know, and maybe you know, that that little example is actually a symptom of a deeper Virus, uh, a deeper virus, uh, being right, itis, <laughs> sin, selfishness. And we're miserable in the darkness, the darkness of our own hearts. And yet, sometimes we don't even want the light. 
right? This is how dark we can be. We're, we're terrified and we're miserable and we're all alone in this world that operates just all about me and myself and I. And yet sometimes we don't even want to see the truth. In fact, the Bible even says sometimes we love the darkness because we love hiding. Because we don't want to be exposed. We resist the light. And this is what verse 6, that little section there telling us about the ministry of John the Baptist is all about. There was a man sent from God whose name was John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. In other words, God said, I'm not only going to send the light, but things are so screwed up, I need to send someone to point people to the light. Because if I just send the light straight up, they might miss it. That's how resistant we are to actually coming out into the light and seeing the light, even though that's the very thing we say that we need. This is how deep the darkness of our hearts run, how bad the darkness is. In here and out here. Christmas tells us that it's so. I don't know what's going on in your life, friends. I do for some of you. I don't for all of you. Is darkness a pretty good description of something you're experiencing in life or something that you're seeing in the world? Is it? Sometimes it's a pretty good description, isn't it? The coldness, the aloneness, the fear, the ugliness. Let me briefly apply this idea to our lives because I know some of you might be saying, well, thanks for killing my holidays now. This is depressing. Uh, How do you apply this? Well, first of all, this leads us to learn to weep over the world's darkness. That Christmas actually invites us not to shut our eyes in denial, but to open our eyes with compassionate, honest observation and care for the world's darkness and brokenness. To enter into other people's lives, and we'll talk about this later on some more, but to see it for what it is and to weep and mourn over the darkness of our world. Did you know that? Yes, Christmas is jingle bells and ho-ho-ho-ho and a lot of wonderful festivities. Have you ever thought that Christmas might be a time to shed a tear or to cry out to God on someone else's behalf? To long for the King to return. To long for a day when the light shines even more brightly. To weep over the world's darkness, but also to weep over your own darkness. To bear up with honesty that there is darkness in your life. To honestly admit that maybe you're not okay. And there's great freedom in this, isn't there, friends? You don't have to pretend anymore that you're all right, that you're all light. Because you ain't, and neither am I. And Christmas invites us into an honest assessment of this reality. That yes, it's dark out here, in here, it's dark. But Christmas also tells us, cheer up, because light has come. Light has come. 
And Christmas means not only that we live in darkness, it means secondly, that light has shined in the darkness. That God the Son, which John calls the Word, the eternal communication of God to humanity, came into the world, born as a human being, starting off as a little child. And when that happened, John tells us, Jesus, the light, shined in the darkness. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. And in verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. John is saying, I know it's dark in life, in our hearts, in our world. There's darkness. You feel lost, maybe. Disoriented, perhaps. And maybe you're even losing hope. But dear friends, the good news of Christmas is the sun is rising. The night feels long. And you might even be on the brink of despair today. Maybe that's what brought you into this room and into this gathering today. But do you know, dear friends, when Jesus came, the sun started to rise. And that might just be a nice metaphor and picture, but what exactly does it mean? How is Jesus, who is God in flesh, like a light shining in the darkness? Let's look at that. First of all, light conquers darkness. Light overcomes and eliminates and crushes and destroys darkness. I was clicking around late last night and I noticed the results of this wonderful fight between Pacquiao and Marquez. I don't know how many boxing fans there might be out there. Uh, These two studs going into the ring having it out, and this uh, stunning result uh, that was not expected, at least it wasn't for me, where Pacquiao gets knocked out with an overhand, right hand, right square in the face, and goes out cold. And already there's this question that's being posed and chatter already, is there going to be a rematch? Are they going to fight again? One's beating the other, the other's beating the other but twice, a draw the other time. Is there going to be a rematch? Listen, listen, there have been many, many rematches between light and darkness. Darkness has never won. You've got a dark room, you flick on the lights, light wins. You're dark outside, the sun rises, light wins. Light always wins. Darkness has never beaten the light, not Ever. And here it is what Jesus has done for us in coming in flesh and bearing our darkness. He has destroyed the power of darkness in our lives and in our world. The sun has started to rise. And this is what we're told happened on the cross as Jesus, 30 some years after this Christmas day, when he hung on the cross as our representative before God for all who would embrace him and say to God, he's my man, he stands in my place. We're told that the whole world took on a deep darkness. So symbolically and environmentally depict for us what was really going on in his soul, which was 
that the lights went out in Jesus' heart where the wrath of God was poured out upon him for all the darkness of our lives, punishment that we deserved, the withdrawing of the light of God punitively from his life in a way that we should have experienced. In other words, Jesus, the light of light, experienced our darkness and the darkness of all darkness so that through him we might overcome the light. I mean, overcome darkness. And that we might receive the light. The light of God which conquers darkness. Secondly, light helps us see. Light helps us to see, doesn't it? If you're stumbling around in the dark, you can't tell what's going on, you're bumping into everything, you're disoriented. Spiritually speaking, we're told that this is the case when we live in darkness. Bumping into things, not seeing the truth about our environment. When Jesus came, He communicated to us, He was for us the truth of God. He was for us the very face of God. He was for us the anchoring point of all of reality. So that when things feel like they're spinning out of control, and when hope feels like it is lost, that we can look into the face of Jesus and see in Him the plan and the purposes of God. A God who has not left you alone in the darkness, but a God who has entered into your darkness and is with you even now, dear friends. A God who has not neglected this world, but a God who is Emmanuel, God with us, God near to us, healing the wounds of our world. Do you see this truth? A God who opens our lights, our eyes to the light of who He is. In the midst of despair and discouragement and depression, giving us a new reality of what all of this means. And most of all, a God who has come to conquer the darkness. Light helps us to see. But thirdly, light also gives us hope, doesn't it? Light gives us hope. If you've ever been camping, and it's been a little bit since I've last been camping, but I remember it was a cold and dark night with really thin sleeping bags. And after tossing and turning and barely getting any sleep because of our poor equipment and poor planning, how much it made a difference to see the color of the sky slowly turn. When light slowly emerged and you start to say to yourselves, it's soon going to be warm again. We have this expression, light at the end of a tunnel, and we've experienced it in different ways, whether if you've gone camping or if you've experienced a long period of darkness, the way in which even the smallest glimmer of light can give you hope that it won't always be dark. And dear friends, Christmas tells us that it will not. You have here in verse 9 this strange phrase, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. It didn't say 
came into the world, but John is emphasizing that it's this process, this progress of light coming into the world, kind of like a, well, a sun rising from the horizon after a dark night. That light has come, but it's still coming, and one day it'll finally fully be here. The light has shined into our darkness, but it has not yet shined in full. Which means there's still more light to be had, dear friends. When Jesus comes again, the day when nothing will not be touched by His light, the day when it will finally be fully true that no, darkness cannot overcome it, darkness has not overcome the light, You see, and if you don't know that this is still a future yet to happen, an advent still to come, you will live beginning believing that this is just about as bright as it'll ever get. And for some of you, that's a depressing thought. (laughs) Because you see light, but it still is hard. And you still bear darkness. The sun is still rising, dear friends. Take hope. The light has come, but it is still coming, dear friends. And one day, darkness will be no more. Light conquers darkness. Light helps us see. Light gives us hope. And lastly, light is free. We see this again in verse 9, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And again, we have this picture of a sun that's rising. And I ask you, when was the last time that you paid your sun bill? And you have not, I hope. If you don't pay your Pepco bill, you might be in trouble. But John gives us this picture of a, of a really big light, a rising star on the horizon, a floodlight that's so hoisted up that it shines light on everything around it, on every one around it. And in other words, it's made available to everyone for free. You don't have to ask for it, do you? You don't have to work for the sun to shine. You don't have to make it happen. It's a gift. A gift. It's grace built into the rhythm of nature every single day because it's made available to everyone just like the light of God in Jesus is made available to everyone. Well, actually, but to everyone who would turn and look at it. Because you can turn away from the sun and you can hide out in a dark shack and you can live in a cave and for all that is free about the availability of the light of the sun, you can still run away and live in darkness. The light of Christ is free, but you do have to turn to it. You do have to look at it. But dear friends, all you have to do is look. All you have to do is turn. Not earn. Turn. And not earn. This is the freeness of the gift of Jesus given to us in Christmas. 
Friends, Christmas means the light has shined in the darkness, has shined upon you, has shined upon me. And lastly, I'll just close with this thought here. Christmas means that you are to be light in darkness. That if we see the light, if we receive the light, the light makes us radiant with light to also shine in this dark world. Jesus said it in his ministry, you are the light of the world. By the way we live, by the way we love, by the way we hope, by the way we pray. And please understand, we are not the source of light. It is not ourselves that pierces the darkness of the world and of people's hearts. We function much like the moon functions in relation to the sun. What is the moon? It's a piece of rock that just happens to have enough surface area to have the sun bounce off light every single night to light up the sky when the moon rises. The moon does not have any intrinsic source of light itself. It merely reflects the light of the sun. This is what God calls us to do for those who have received His light, to reflect His light, to be light unto the world. Whether if it's loving your neighbors, those that might be struggling in a time of darkness or who live lives of darkness. Maybe it's bearing their darkness as if it's your own. Maybe it's entering in, maybe not necessarily fixing problems, but simply being present and walking alongside people. Someone that's struggling to make ends meet. Someone that's in a time of deep depression and sorrow. Maybe this is some way that you can actually enter into a neighbor's life through our family Christmas photo project. Jumping in and shedding and sharing the light of Jesus into dark places in our neighborhood. Maybe you call a friend who's been drifting. Maybe you point out darkness in their life with tears in your eyes, with love, with care. Christmas means you're to be a light in darkness. Well, that only makes sense if you've actually experienced and received the light of life in darkness. This is Jesus. This is the Word made flesh. God Himself come as a human being. God come as a gift to you and me. A light in our darkness. Have you seen it? Have you seen Him? Will you turn? Will you look? Let's pray. God, we pray that you would cause something here from this time to click in our hearts, to move us, to deepen our grasp of who you are, our grasp of Christmas grace. Would you bless and nourish our souls? Do this for your own glory. In Christ's name, amen. Let's all stand together and let's sing.